This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to be with you on this sunny, cold January day. You know, when I think about the times that I go to see my doctor, I've had my doctor now for almost 30 years. She's always late, always. But she always takes as much time as I need in the appointment. She never rushes me. This may be your experience. You may have a different experience. We want you to share 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. There have been two separate studies out of Brock University. Researchers have found around half of all doctor appointments do not start on time. The reason? Physicians are not available, with only a few because patients arrive late. So it's primarily because the doctor is running behind. A third of appointments begin early, and the rest are on time. So the co-authors of the studies say that doctors run late because healthcare is unpredictable due to the fact that appointments can take longer than expected. Physicians may also be interrupted by emergencies. They say a possible solution to the problem is to use creative scheduling methods that fit with the often unpredictable reality of healthcare wait times. We're joined now by Dr. Nadia Alam, President-elect of the Ontario Medical Association. Dr. Alam, thanks for joining us. Jane, thank you so much for having me on the show, and please just call me Nadia. Oh, I will. Thank you. In your experience, how accurate is this research? I think some physicians do run late. I myself have a family. I heard your introduction. I myself have a family doctor who's often behind. I stay with my family doctor because of the relationship we've built over the years and because they know me inside out. Um, And so the inconvenience, and the challenge of trying to schedule enough time for an appointment, I put up with that just because of this relationship we've built. Now, I think a lot of doctors can sometimes run late. Do half of them run late? Do a third of them run late? I think what's more important is the care they provide and how patients are reacting rather than the exact number. Do you think most patients have the experience that you and I have, that we have a personal relationship with our doctor? It's worth the wait even. I've had to wait as long as an hour to see my doctor, but then no word of a lie. She'll, she will keep me in her office for an hour if, you know, if the visit warrants it, right? I hear you. I think it's true. I think patients really look for that relationship, that connection. Illness can be overwhelming. It can be frightening. It can be unexpected. If you have someone whose knowledge you trust, who, who you feel knows you and understands you and is willing to teach you what they know so that you guys can make a decision for your health care that's going to work for you, you, you lose track of time in that moment. You stop paying attention to the fact that the doctor was late or that you were late or that there was a call that got interrupted the appointment or a message that interrupted the appointment and kind of set everything back. That relationship between a family doctor and their patient, it's like magic, right? It's the secret sauce to good 
medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think patients value that. I think they, there's a healing power that comes out of that relationship that's all on its own. It has nothing to do with, you know, what the office looks like or what the resources are or anything. It's that one-on-one connection, that mutual trust and respect. Nadia, help us understand, as a GP, what is a reasonable number of patients to expect to see in the course of a workday? So um, I've seen anywhere between 30 and 50 patients in a day. These are busy days. These are long days. You... A lot of GPs, like, let me take a step back, Jane. When I'm trying to schedule my day, I don't just think about wanting to get out of t- on time, wanting to stay on time, all of that. I also think about the number of patients who are waiting to see me and how long they have to wait to see me. So did it take them a week to book an appointment with me? Did it take them a day to book an appointment with me? Did it take them four weeks to book an appointment with me? That's what I use to juggle how I schedule my day. I know myself that by and large, I can deal with certain problems within a certain number, certain amount of time. And that time becomes more efficient the more years I work. So when I was new to practice, it took me a lot longer because I had to get to know my patients. I had to, to, there was a huge learning curve, a steep, steep learning curve in practicing medicine. Now, half my job is done because when my patient walks in, I know a lot about them already. I know their allergies. I know what kinds of preferences they have in terms of the care decisions they're looking for. Um, I know what kind of things worry them and the broader uh, things in their life that impact them, right? So taking care of elderly parents or, or having a serious work schedule or having to commute to work or having lots of kids or have, being tight on finances. I know a lot of that background information that goes into make, taking care of them. So that makes a big difference. I do find that medicine is not like a fast food restaurant. It, it just can't be. My patients will call my secretaries. They'll say, I want a book for a headache. I'll walk in and I'll start talking to them. And yeah, they're telling me about their headache. But something will kick in. Something will trigger me to asking them, is everything okay? You look upset. And sometimes what happens when that happens, they they'll start talking and they'll talk and they'll start crying. The story will come out. All of a sudden it'll go from an appointment being about a headache to being about domestic abuse, to being about, uh, you know, worried about their elderly parents who are both in hospitals at different ends of the city and having to juggle everything, the stress component of living a busy life. These conversations can take time. Exactly. And they should take time because they're important. They're important to the patient's health. And often they help you figure out how to fix that initial problem, that headache, for example. All right, let's go to the phones, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about how long you're waiting in the doctor's office to see your physician. Let's go to Mike in London. Hi, Mike. Hi. Yep, you're on, Mike. Um, Do you think, um, Dr. Allen, that doctors should just go to a... um model um, where they are just employed, because uh, it seems like we have accountability to the media, to the, um, you know, to the government. I mean, when I walk into my Canadian tire store and I have to wait an hour for my oil change, I don't know who I complain to, but it seems like doctors are being treated like employees, and particularly the Toronto Star seems to focus on this. I mean, 
our healthcare system is rated the worst in the developed world for access. It takes four or five years to get some appointments. Apparently, that's not news, but they always seem to come up with anti-doctor. Do you think that's sort of fake news, or do you think, why do you think the Toronto Star always seems to do that? Okay. So that's a lot of questions, Mike, and I'll try and answer what I can from them. Um, as far as doctors being employees, you're going to find a lot of doctors are really resistant to that idea. And one of the reasons why is that we know that there are studies coming out of the U.S. where if you make doctors employees, the person employing you, your manager, can make or break your ability to provide good care. One of the things that I value strongly is being able to independently make care decisions for my patients using the best knowledge, using the best treatments that I can get for them, the wisest course of action without being forced to be uh, ticking off checkboxes that a manager would have me do. Um, I've been an employee in the past. I value them. I myself have employees, but the accountabilities and how you structure those accountabilities can make or break your day. And when it comes to a patient's health, that becomes a huge consideration for a lot of doctors. I think um, as for uh, the concern that um, maybe physicians are being held and measured the wrong way, maybe it really should be about, about the kind of care you're trying to give. I think the government is concerned about quality. I think the government hasn't necessarily done a great job of managing health care. A lot of it is driven by political agendas. So while they want to save money, that could translate into not having enough doctors. And sometimes that's why you have long wait times okay. for, to see a specialist. Uh, before if we get to, uh, I want to get to Steve and Mark. I'm here, Dr. Alam Nadia. Um, what they say, the researchers from Brock University, which has been the springboard for our conversation today, they're suggesting that you could get into more effective appointment scheduling, allowing doctors to see more patients a day by, they provide one example, to schedule appointments closer together at the start and end of the day, but spread appointments farther apart between the midday hours. Does that make sense to you from a physician point of view? I think a lot of doctors already experiment with different ways of scheduling. It isn't just a straight 10-minute appointment block or 15-minute appointment block that you have for every single patient. When I spoke about that doctor-patient relationship, I know there are some patients in my practice, they're going to take a long time. Sometimes, you know, my 90-year-old patients, it takes them five minutes just to walk into the room and sit down and situate themselves and gather their wits to actually get tell me what's brought them into the office. So a 10-minute appointment would never work for them. So a lot of doctors already fiddle around with their scheduling. The problem becomes you have to see a certain number of patients every single day to, one, be able to earn enough money to pay for your clinic, to pay for your staff, to pay for the chair the patient's sitting in, the computer, the medical equipment, leaseholds, all of that. Um, And two, you don't want your own wait list to get so long that people are waiting four or five weeks to see you. You want them to be able to see you quickly while their issue is fresh in their mind so that they can tell you the best story possible so that you can understand what's going on and have the best chance of figuring it out before it becomes a worse problem. It's Scheduling is a part of it. Um, I know that the clustering that they mentioned where they said cluster some appointments together and then take a break, give yourself a little gap that's sort of like a catch-up break. I know of doctors who already do that and have been doing that for years. 
they still end up running behind sometimes. Okay, so let's, there's sure. that human element that's always unpredictable. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Okay, Stephen Markham, you've been waiting. Go ahead. Hi, Jane. Yes. Can I say good things about my doctors? Yes, we'd love to hear that. I'm sure <laughs> Dr. Alam them? would, too. Can I name them? Uh, uh, well, I prefer you no, didn't. No, but... Good things, good things. Dr. Moffat was our family doctor for over 30 years. All right. He was just beautiful with the kids and, and me and my ex-wife and all that. And then when he retired, he referred us to Dr. Kirsch. He, he, good God. He starts at 7 in the morning or, or even before in the summer. I asked for a 7 o'clock appointment. I'm in and out in 10 minutes. Thank you, Dr. Kirsch. Thank you. Oh, so you've had ex- good experiences with both doctors. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That is great news to hear. And I think, uh, Dr. Alam, we, I, it's hard, difficult for me to call you Nadja. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you went to all that school. I should have respect and call you doctor. <laughs> no, the, the, the I appreciate two that. Thank were you. just beautiful with the kids and, and me. And uh, I thank them. Well, oh, I, I mean, I a big that. part of being a doctor is the personal element of it, isn't it, Nadia? It totally is. That doctor-patient relationship, it's not just about the patient. That's the reason I go back every day. And sometimes when I start my day, I look at my schedule and I think, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get through all of these patients? Some of these are tricky patients. They've got challenging issues. But that doctor-patient relationship, it doesn't just heal the patient. It heals the doctor, too. It's so heartwarming. It's so uplifting. You walk away feeling like you've done hard work. But good work. Okay, one more call, and then uh, we're going to get to a very interesting segment on how to cure cigarette smoking with hypnosis. You want to stick around for that. First, though, let's go to Gail in Mississauga. Gail, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Yes, good morning, Joan. How are you? Jane, and and, Jane. and it's the afternoon now. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. Um, I just want to say, I've had my, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had my doctor for a long time. He's a wonderful doctor. He's been through everything with me. He's been through shingles, cancer, um, nervous breakdown. He's been through everything with me. And I just love my doctor, and I think there should be more doctors out there like him. Well, that's a very nice oh. call to wrap things up on. That's so beautiful. Thank yeah, you, Gail. Thank you. thank you. Thanks for your call. Maybe the bigger pro- problem, Nadia, is is finding a doctor that you can really trust and stay with for their entire medical career and most of your adult life. Absolutely. I know that when I started in my practice in my small town, a lot of patients asked me right off the bat, how long are you going to stay? And I said, hopefully my entire career, I plan to raise my kids here and grow old in this town and grow old with my patients. Oh, that, and, and is that how it's working out? So far, so good. <laughs> well, <we laughs> right all, on track. I love it. We always and I am it. growing older. <laughs> we, well, we all are. That is a good thing, I suppose. <laughs> yes, uh, Doctor, isn't that great. <laughs> Dr. Nadia Alam, President-elect of the Ontario Medical Association, we always appreciate your time. Thank you. Jane, thank you so much for having me on the show. I loved it. It's Weedless Wednesday, and if you feel you've tried everything to quit smoking, there may still be one option left. A hypnotist joins us next. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.